0: for while that's Dr. Judah Cohen's forecast for this upcoming winter on the Something in the Air podcast as we do every fall we bring on Dr. Cohen to the show to talk about his thoughts for this upcoming winter as well as what he is up to here as he is quite the person to talk about when it comes to seasonal forecasting always pushing the boundaries of what can be done by humans when it comes to forecasting for the weeks and months ahead here Usually, we do our monthly weather roundups, but for something like the winter forecast, we do a special like this one for you right here. So, hang out wherever you are, relax, and let's talk about snow, cold, or lack thereof. The 2023-2024 Winter Outlook, something in the air podcast. Okay, now's the time that I think many of us have been waiting for. What? can we expect this winter and as we have over the past couple of years i'm so excited to have in the flesh in the zoom flesh i should say <laughs> uh, dr Judah cohen he is the director of seasonal forecasting for Verisk aer he's up in massachusetts but Verisk is in new jersey so we have a new jersey company talking to us about the winter outlook judith thanks so much for being here again we always appreciate it
1: always always a pleasure joe Yeah. um enjoyed last year and uh, i'm sure this will be just as much fun yes
0: and and hopefully i'm speaking on behalf of snow lovers everywhere maybe have some good snow news for us we had a record low snow last winter here in uh much of new jersey but how's it been going with you over the past year and then we'll start diving into what to uh you know some winter forecast how's it going how's it going with you personally professionally since the last time we chatted
1: yeah, everything's good you know uh um it's all about the polar vortex yes you know, all the time and i'm trying to make progress on that and i do feel like um i've made some you know uh, important progress uh better understanding and trying to crank out a couple of papers that hopefully people out there will find interesting okay um so yeah cool. i, I you know, uh and especially, the, I mean, the with the polar vortex, I don't know if I'm maybe going on a little bit off of a tangent, so stop me. That's all right. It's your time <laughs> so to, to shout. It's your time and to shout. Know, really, uh, and it's timely. I, I, The more I look into it, I, it's amazing to me how important what I call these stretch polar vortex events are on North American weather. and And it's really not been studied at all. And I've just really been kind of just obsessed with it. And, I, I, you know, and so we just had this, rec- you know, all summer was about the record warmth, even going into the spring, the record warmth, when September, like, was like, everybody was showing the, and globally, but, you know, but the U.S. was certainly <laughs> no exception, just, oh, there's so much superlative, right, warmth. It's, I mean, it broke the records by, like, an, un, un you know, ungodly amount, uh, like, just never, unprecedented. You don't see records broke, you know, global averages, you know, so, and. And, you know, so again, North, it was warm, and there was like almost record low snow cover across North America. And then we had the stretch polar vortex event, and we went from record warm temperatures in a very short period and record low snow cover. And I don't know if Dave Robinson talked to you about this, and went you know to record low snow cover. It's like in a week to record cold temperatures and record, <laughs> you know, extensive snow cover. So and yeah. we had, and that was all triggered by this stretch polar vortex event. So. I want to
0: get into that and we will get into that. Just explain for our audience, though, what the difference between a stretched polar vortex event is and a split polar vortex event is, because I think that's the crux of a lot of your forecasting that you do.
1: Right. So there traditionally, right, there's been thought of as two different states of the polar vortex. It was a strong polar vortex and a weak polar vortex. But what's important is that the circulation expands much further south, and if the the kind of the perimeter of the polar vortex is maybe the m- most southward extent of Arctic air, and you go from circular close to the pole to something that's you know way distorted, but like kind of these lobes heading way south than normal, that's when you get the Arctic outbreaks. And the one that was really only considered, so it was really a binary state. You had a strong polar vortex and a weak polar vortex. And that weak polar vortex was also known as the sun stratospheric warming. Why it was called that is because um, there's a very dramatic and rapid warming of the polar stratosphere. So the Arctic region in the stratosphere warms, you know, up to like 100 degrees Fahrenheit in like three days. I mean, something that just doesn't happen here at the surface. So very, very dramatic. Um, and it takes two forms. Uh, one is a displacement, where the polar vortex really weakens a lot, but it, it gets kind of shoved off the north pole into one of the continents, typically typically Eurasia, but it could be North America. And and then the other one, which you referred to, was the split. And um, the, you know these where it splits, so you had one parent vortex splits into two border daughter vortices. Typically, again, one goes to North America, one goes to Eurasia. Those were my favorite uh, type of you know, polar vortex days because I always, I didn't really show it uh, rigorously, but it was my you know, opinion that when you got the splits, you tend to get best chance for a big blockbuster nor'easter snowstorm in the Northeast. I mean, 1978 you know, for, for Boston was certainly a split vortex, pretty sure uh, February 2010. So for the Mid-Atlantic, you know, your epic, uh, we had a split polar vortex, and I'm working on a paper that that basically shows the the most extreme cold air outbreaks are associated not with these sun stratospheric warmings that everybody was studying, but rather with these stretched polar vortex events that have you know we've really has been ignored. I feel like by the community, yep. and that I've you know certainly become obsessed with.
0: And, and you've talked about a lot that a lot on your tw- uh, Twitter page, or X page, uh, whatever we're calling it <laughs> nowadays here. Uh, but you can find oh, Judah uh on Twitter or X at Judah47. Um, Judah, let's just go back to last winter. I want to read you some snowfall totals from New Jersey and I want I want your reaction on this. Uh Atlantic City International Airport oh three.
1: Wait, wait, try to give me a heart attack or something. Uh, well, and <laughs>
0: see there we go. There's the reaction, the heart attack. We had zero in Cape May Courthouse. We had uh two-tenths of an inch in Tom's River. We go up to Newark, we had 2.7 inches, and then we started getting over a foot in towns like Rockaway, New Jersey, up in the northwest corner of the state, and we had 15.3 in Newton. Uh, all that being said, it was not very snowy here, and despite December being below average across the state for temperatures, including our record cold Hold it, excuse me, our record coldest Christmas Eve, December 24th. From there, it was just a torch for us across the state. We had the record warmest January on record, according to our friend, New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. And February and March were both above average. So just give us a recap of what you were thinking as we went into last winter with your forecast here. Just a quick recap of what you were saying. And then how it played out, not only in New Jersey, but across the Northeast.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I don't remember what I said, you know, last year with you, but I mean, certainly when the, by the time the forecast, the final forecast came out and it was on the blog, it was in real time. Uh, I, I was, pre- predict, we were predicting a, a warm, warmer than normal winter uh, for the Eastern, you know, two thirds of the country. We had cold in the, you know, in the Northwestern quadrant of the country. Uh, you know the area that we did the worst was actually the like the desert Southwest where we had above normal temperatures was actually below normal, Uh, but did not get the magnitude. So was predicting an above normal, you know, temperature wise, was predicting below normal. But I, you know, what we missed was was the magnitude. Uh, You know, so I mean, I feel like the forecast performed pretty well, but you know, obviously, I you know I wasn't predicting you know, record, we weren't predicting record warm or record low snowfall. So you know, um, but overall I was, you know, fairly pleased and I, you know, so we had La Nina, which definitely tends to shift when you get cold air, shift the cold air West. Uh, so you know, that was not, uh, a great setup for the Eastern U S. You know, you want to talk about it. This, you know, and it's certainly I think what I'm best known for, and for good reason. You know, Siberian snow cover. Yep. So when snow cover is above normal in Siberia in the fall months, I tend to focus in October. But as I'm discussing in the blog, others have said November can be an important month. But um, it was it was above normal, but just barely. And compared to relative years, I mean, recent years. It was below n- normal, you know, compared to the past 10, 15, 20 years. But if you go back to, the, you, know, seven, now, you know, so Dave Robinson has a record back to 1972. So if you go back that far, it was above normal, but not, not compared to, let's say, the past 20 years. So it was not a great signal. You know, it wasn't a strong signal either way, but certainly wasn't gonna over, you know, wasn't going to you know, cancel out the, the warm signal from La Nina. Got it. I also look at Arctic sea ice. I think also that kind of favored a a westward shift in the cold air. And um, yeah, we have another predictor sea level pressure anomalies in Eurasia in the month of October. I think it kind of tells you if you're going to have a weak polar vortex. So that was in there. That was also almost neutral. So I think La Nina kind of dominated the model so i we got a very la nina like looking signal and for the most mm-hmm. part it worked out it just the southwest was you know it was too too warm
0: got it all right good to know good to know where we will finish this part of the interview looking back and what we're uh, what we saw last winter and then on the other side of the break we'll tell you about what dr cohen's thinking about for this upcoming winter on the something in the air podcast Welcome back, everybody, to our Something in the Air podcast, special edition here, our winter weather outlook for 2023-2024. Typically, we have our podcast right around the turn of the month. We recap the month that was with Dr. Cohen's uh, former advisor when he was in college, New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. But today, we have the, uh, I shouldn't even say apprentice, yeah, the, 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 the now esteemed. Dr. Judah Cohen here. I'm going to start off with this uh, for you. Speaking of uh, our friend Dave Robinson, he told me to ask you this. So like you mentioned in the first part, the snowfall in October and maybe November in Eurasia, Europe, and Asia can play a role in this winter. But his question for me to you is there was a very rapid increase in snowfall at the end of October here across portions of uh, the northern hemisphere and he want to know what you thought about that, and just would that favor snow here in New Jersey or not favor snow in New Jersey? I don't want to get into the full forecast yet, but just on that specific question.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I would definitely be in the camp that um, it was a very slow start, um, but uh, if there was any chance of, of kind of redeeming this winter, it was definitely the the last week in October. Uh, across uh, well the northern hemisphere, I mean it was a very impressive advance, both both North America and Eurasia. But I'm, I think at this time of year, uh, the Eurasian snow cover is more important. So yeah, we can talk about the forecast, but uh, I definitely think that you know if there's any hope of uh, again, I guess you know it depends on your view or you know prejudices or preferences for winter. So but if you like cold and snow. <laughs> I mean that was uh, a bit of a hail mary uh, yeah. that oh, man. So
0: got it. So so we'll check <laughs> one in the box for uh, snow lovers there. But I'm gonna based on your your tone that there might not be a lot to hang your hat on if you do like cold and snow this winter. I do want to get into some other factors um, that that you're probably considering this winter, and one is the return of El Nino for the first time since 2019-20. El Nino is back in the equation here. So really, you have to go back before COVID to have a El Nino year here across the area. And that pretty much, um, and the way I describe this to people when I'm doing talks is you have to rearrange the way you think about winter completely different when you have an El Nino. El Nino is when you have warmer than average water temperatures across the equator off the coast of South America. Uh, La Niña is the opposite, colder than average water. So, talk to us about how much El Niño is influencing, um, you know, at least the forecast here in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think actually El Niño has a or La Niña, so Enso together, (laughs) right? Taking both phases, Enso has a pretty good relationship with snowfall in the mid-Atlantic states, including New Jersey, though more for Atlantic City than. Uh, what do you call it, Newton, New Jersey? Newton,
0: all the way up north, yes,
1: Newton. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, the Mid-Atlantic, that DC to Philadelphia over to sort uh, of the southern half of New Jersey. Um, pretty good relationship for Snowfall, where La Nina favors less below normal, and El Nino favors above normal. Actually, there are two places that seem to be the most sensitive to the phase of Enso. Uh, this, the Mid-Atlantic and, and this, like in the southwestern like new mexico texas area
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and, but so i mean el, el nino by itself you know does favor more snowfall and uh you know you're 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 i guess are both our mentors but more to you than me you know dave robinson huh. he's a big enso guy so i won't disagree with him that and i'm sure he would um echo similar sentiment however the caveat is I'm a little bit nervous, trepidation about going like whole hog on, you know, El Nino is going to bring this banner snowfall year to to the mid Atlantic because it's currently strong. It's strong. So you have weak, moderate, strong, and it's in the strong category. There are not many winters uh, that are strong. El Nino is really just four. And to be honest three so I'll throw them out there not that many 82 83 97 98 and 2015 16 so <clears throat> uh, those were pre- all mild winters in the eastern US uh, I would say not a lot of snow events but certainly in 82 83 and 2015 16 when there was <laughs> I mean they were you know barn burners <laughs> so um, you know yeah. so then I so you know, so I would say based on strong El Nino maybe, uh, definitely a mild winter. Yeah. Not many snowstorms, but maybe if we get one, you know, it's the big one. You know? <laughs> yeah, but,
0: and I, I just want to go through those those three winters again here. So you said 2015-16. Right. I'll go off of Atlantic City International Airport. We had 27.5 inches of snow, which is above average. Average is about uh 17 and a half. A large chunk of that came in one storm that we had. Uh, that winter, and that was in mid-January. And then you said 97, 98, correct?
1: There you know, are no big snowstorms in that one. There but- was
0: nothing. There was one. I, in fact, the, again, and we're covering a whole state. I'm just using this as an example. But AC International got one snow, literally one. And that was in December and it snowed two and a half, I believe, or three inches of snow. And then you said eight. What was the, the third one you said there, Eighty two, eighty three.
1: 82, So there was the fa- a very famous President's Day snowstorm. That
0: was uh, PD. Do we call that PD one? Is that what we call that?
1: President's day one storm? Oh, no, no, okay. no, I'm sorry. It was not a president's day, but it was a February storm, but not February not a, storm. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and that one again, ACY, of course, snowfall totals are going to vary tremendously throughout the state. That was actually above average, not by much, but above average. And there were two main snows, one that February one that, that you did discuss. And then there was actually one in December here, at least in the southern part of the state, that brought some snow. So again, he's just saying based on El Nino alone, that strong El Nino. Dude, um, to take us into, um, you know, some are there any other factors? We talked about polar vortex. We talked about El Nino. Any other factors before we dive into the meat and potatoes of what you're? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm
1: looking at Siberian snow cover. I yeah. uh, so you know you can your friend uh, Dave Robinson, our friend. Yes. Yeah. Very esoteric, how they compute that that monthly snow cover. So I I don't have the final numbers. I think it'll be above normal, you know, based on the long-term average, but below normal relative to recent winters. Not a great signal for, you know, a a cold, snowy winter. You know, okay, not a strong signal either way, but I wouldn't take it. I do think that I have another index. So there's what's the snow cover and extent index that, I mean, that Dave Robertson computes you know, so how much snow is, how much area is covered by snow across all of Eurasia in the month of October? Um, And again, I, I think that's almost like a, a toss up, not going to really impact our forecast. There's another one I look at, and this is what comes to the Dave Robertson um, question, the snow advance index, how, how, like, what's the, how fast does it accelerate the snow cover? So is there like an acceleration of snow cover across the month or is it kind of stall and plateau. So if it, the faster it advances, like, so if you have little snow at the beginning of the month and a lot of snow at the end, uh, that's a positive value. And then if it's a lot of snow at the beginning of the month and very little at the end, that's a negative value. So I, I, I've kind of used it different ways, but I've recently, I've, I've um, how I use it, my rule of thumb is if it's a positive value, that indicates if you're going to get a big weakening of the polar vortex, more likely happen early in the winter. And if it's a negative value, if you're going to get a, you know, it's you're not you're not going to get a big uh, disruption of the polar vortex early on. And it'll more likely happen in the, and later in the winter. So last last year with that that this SAI which I used, it was a negative. Yep. I Did think you know if it's going to be a polar vortex disruption, will be late and it was in the second half of February, which is quite late, and helped the ski resorts in New England, didn't help the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year positive, so I do think there will be, if there's a big polar vortex disruption, uh, more likely to be earlier on, quasi biennial oscillation. I'll just yeah. you know, make it simple. It's positive and easterly, and I also believe um, when it's um, positive, which is westerly, I'm sorry, negative, which is easterly, okay? So when people usually talk about easterly, westerly, but when it's easterly, I think that also favors if there's a big polar vortex disruption, it'll be early. If it's westerly or negative, it, if there's going to be a big polar vortex disruption, that's late. Again, this is my ideas, opinion, no one else's. <laughs> um, but last year was also westerly so it, it oscillates every two every other year right so last year was westerly we did have a big polar vortex disruption it was late in the winter this year is easterly so i again i think tends to support this idea if we're going to get a big one uh, it'll be uh, earlier on um you know so i have we have not put out our official winter forecast but based on the snow cover the el nino the strong el nino Definitely leaning on the milder side, maybe, you know, not a big snowfall number. Probably for the mid-Atlantic. I mean, you know, I I did run the numbers for Washington, DC. So maybe the Atlantic City, I wouldn't expect to be too different. You know, so close to normal, but um uh, you know, but I do think that that the fact that there was rapid advance at the end of the month, um maybe the Q of QBO, there's, you know, if we get, I think if there's going to be any kind of like really meaningful winter, it's going to take a, an earlier, you know, large polar vortex disruption. Uh, so uh, if if the forecast, and again, I, you know, I'm talking about, uh, it's not official and I, I will put it on our blog and you can just look up Judicoan Arctic and it should be like the first thing that comes up in a Google search.
0: Um, okay. So, so we're saying here with the winter generally above average with temperatures average here again. and snowfall. It sounds like, I mean, an average is so finicky with snow, right? You can get average snow in one event. But it sounds like, it, could it, it, are you saying that this could be like a boom or bust year with snowfall? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I,
1: I do that. Again, I do think that the El Nino does... You know, kind of shift that probability, you know, maybe loads the dice to getting like the, a big one. You know, seems that way. Uh, not a lot of data points. So I don't want to, I wouldn't take out a second mortgage on that. But um, yeah, I mean, El Nino tends to favor the southern stream, right? Energized as the subtropical, the southern jet stream. I mean, you obviously, you can't, I'm not going to get a snowstorm in Atlantic City. If the storm's tracking along the U.S.-Canadian border, okay, it's just not happening. You need it further. You need that storm to your south. You need it, you know. Hopefully, maybe it comes through the coast of California and takes a southerly track, and you know, it hits the Gulf. Maybe sucks up a lot of moisture in there, and then makes the turn as it it goes off the coast, and there happens to be cold air in place, you know. So. That's you know 82, 83. We had like one Arctic outbreak, and in 2015, 16, the same thing, <laughs> basically one Arctic outbreak. But we had the storm that came up, and you know, and they met right over the Mid Atlantic, and you know, and it was uh, you know snow snowstorm lore, uh, right. both those winters. Uh, again, we had 97, 98, a strong Alino, and no one's no one can remember. I can't remember anything from that winter other than just you know. Uh, let's just move on to the next winter, please. Um, and, Jude,
0: you know, I was just going to ask this, too. You know, um, I just want to kick the can down to, like, March. You know, any thoughts on – because March can be, right, spring month, wintry month, obviously flip-flopping. Are, are It sounds like you might be leaning towards an earlier spring. I don't think we're hanging on to winter too much.
1: Okay, so, um, you know, I, th- again, again, the, the conventional wis- wisdom is um, – El Ni- I think if, with El Nino, if I'm right, you tend to get winter late. Uh, so um, you know, so that's not, not consistent with what I'm saying, but I think it can be because... So in 2009-10, there was a moderate El Nino <clears throat> and we had two large polar vortex disruptions. There was one in December and then again in February. <clears throat> it doesn't happen often, but if we do get a let's say a polar vortex disruption in December, you know and then it has to recover it takes time you know you don't get pulled you know, these large ones you know every, you know, every other week <laughs> it takes time to reload but if we do get one early uh then you could you know you can get a pretty active pattern you know i mean talk about cold snow you know may you know december into january then it kind of become a boring more boring pattern i think and then if we there is time for another large polar vortex disruption, and this is very speculative. I, right? you know, I, I can't see that far, and even, even me, right? I can't see that far. But, <laughs> no,
0: even you, I,
1: I, you could but, see. You no, know, but, like, but, but let's you. <laughs> well, let, you know, I'm not going to tell you every month exactly what's going to happen, but you know, if using 2009-10 as a model, where well, we got easterly QBO, a moderate El you Niño, know, not strong but moderate, um, there was one po- large polar vortex disruption in December, and then a second one in February. And if certainly in the mid-Atlantic, right, there was a big snowstorm in December. And then again, there were a couple in February. So and January, was not that, you know, really not too much memorable. So, you know, that could happen. Right? So um, I don't want to rule it out. I, it's hard. You know, I, I was, I, you know, it's it's hard to see even the first polar vortex. I certainly can't see what's beyond that, though there will clearly be a recovery of the polar vortex. That is has to be. And then there's the potential for a, uh, a second pole vortex. If we don't get the second one, then I think, yeah, it'll be all, it'll be all, you know, front loaded, as they say, but, uh, but if we do get, uh, you know, it, but there is a possibility of kind of, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a sandwich of sorts, right. So you'd have an, you know, if you, if you like snow cold, you know, uh, <laughs> you got the, you know, the, 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 the white bread, whatever, you know, the beginning and the end. And then it's, Something not, you know, I don't know if it's lettuce in the middle or something or something that you don't know, get excited okay. about. <laughs> okay. I, I could use another term, I don't want to use it, but um, yeah, so something like that. So, uh, you know, kind of you know, winter kind of bookends. Again, this is not a good example, but in 2017, 18, again, it was a very active early part of the winter and you can look it up in your books, right? And we had this incredibly cold holiday period I know New England, they almost ran out of natural gas. Uh, and we had, there was a, there was a, the bomb cyclone. I think maybe one of the first times they used the term bomb cyclone. Yeah. You must've gotten into that the very end of the first week of January.
0: Yeah. You said uh, seventeen, eighteen.
1: <clears throat> yeah. seventeen, eighteen. So like, yeah.
0: Th- I mean, that was tremendous. I saw I first started at the press of Atlantic city winter of 17 and that was tremendous cold. I mean, we had a Delaware right. Bay should, freeze Delaware,
1: over. Yeah. That week was, I mean, in Boston, I think we failed to get above 10, 10 degrees maybe for a week straight, something I had something crazy. Uh, it only happened once before, and it was in 1917 18 or something, so it was 100 years since anything yeah. kind of cold like that had happened. And and then, and then, and then nothing happened. And February was a, as you use the word torch and <laughs> record warm, and then came March. and I know New Jersey got in, it. Uh, there was the it was called four Easter, right? Yeah, for Easter, yeah. So, you know, again, we had kind of this winter bookend where it was, you know exciting active from a winner standpoint at the beginning at the end in the middle that nothing went on so i could see something like that i'm not going to predict stay on your show here but i said I, I definitely something that i i'm i'm considering more you know for this winter than i would have liked for instance last winter but
0: all right well very good to know judah as always we, we love chatting with you here you can find him on-
1: thank you joe thanks for inviting me I'll come on as long as you remember me and invite me on, I will uh, I, 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 I never it.
0: forget about you, especially during the winter months. Then I really never forget about you.